This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazzoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. Brian and Doug are going to talk about the Giants. Yeehaw! Here we go! <laughs> ah! I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. It's been so long, Doug. Doug has COVID. So <laughs> that's that's right. And uh, that's the second most disastrous thing that's happened to the Giants this week, other than <laughs> all of their games. We've been gone for a week. It was good to take that week off. It allowed me to do some other things like attend a game, which I'll talk about a little bit more. It did not help the Giants get better. Um, but, you know. They're six and eight in August, 15 and 16 in the second half, 18 and 21 since July 1st. They had a 10 game winning streak in June. Doug, do you remember that? I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I do remember that. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I liked it. It convinced us all that they were good because we're stupid. They also had a seven game winning streak in July that actually was on, you know, it was on either side of the all star break. And then the last game of that win streak was July 18th. So it's basically been a month since their last long winning streak. And in that time, they've gone 10 and 16. So just uh, just highlighting where they're at right now. They're definitely, almost certainly, 100% out of the division race. Remember when there was that brief moment where it's like, ha ha, they're going to run down the Dodgers. Ha, no, they're, they're, they're not going to do that. They're still definitely in the wild card chase. They're probably firmly at minimum the second wild card team. We'll probably know a little bit more. It's just 
I'm saying all this. Uh, they lost two or three to the Rays, and uh, somehow, some way, Doug, they are making my my 84 and 78 prediction come to pass. Somehow, some way, they're drifting into that drifting that direction. It looks like if they're gonna if they're to go to 84 and 78, that means 20 and uh, 21 the rest of the way. I think I think they can do it. That's that's yeah. possible. Um, will that will that be good enough for the for one of the three wild cards? I have no idea. <laughs> it seems like they that this losing streak should have torpedoed them by now, but uh, the Cubs maybe have cooled off a little bit. Uh, I take that back. The Cubs are are still there, one game out behind the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks seem to have bounced back a little bit, but they were under five hundred for a bit. They're now sixty one and sixty. So there's a lot of mo- movement still going on. There's still a lot of the season left. But in what is the toughest part of their schedule, the Giants are falling down, tripping on their dicks, puking all over themselves, pissing and shitting themselves. It's a lot of stuff going on. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, I, I sympathize with that. I'm also doing all of those things right now. Um, <laughs> None of those are COVID sy- symptoms. You're just doing that. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just doing that. Yeah, it's you got to have hobbies. Um <laughs> No, and, and kind of the worst part is that they're not – it's not like they're playing close games or, you know, they're in it, but it's – you know, they're in it, but they're just kind of falling short at the end. It'll turn out – no, they look like shit. Um, they just, generally speaking, have been looking terrible. And, you know, you know th- this started against the A's. The A's are an awful team. The Giants lost two straight to them. Then against the Angels, the Angels are a bad team. The Giants took one because they had this miracle ninth inning comeback slash offensive explosion, which everyone was like, oh, will that get the offense going? It didn't. Um, They lost one close one to the Rangers, 2-1, then got crushed in their next game, and then kind of won in a walk-off in the last game. got destroyed in two of the three games by Tampa. Um, It's just, it's it's hard to watch them play this badly in most of their games and uh the offense is still bad yeah you know we were we were hoping maybe you know get some momentum going it'd be nice no they don't really have momentum going they've you know since since the start of the texas series they have scored uh at least four runs in a game exactly once and so i you know you just can't win like that and so they're not winning on any given night, they will look. Uh, someone will look good, and and a good quarter of the lineup or half the lineup will look just awful. And it's almost like we don't know which day. Well, Wilmer Flores will know, but other than that, it's like night to night. It's unclear where it's coming from. I'm glad other people have started to recognize what I was signaling about a month ago that uh, something ain't right with Jock Peterson. Uh, that not to one for one part, it's the separation between what he's getting paid, which we knew was an overpay and what he's producing to like, now it's just like this, this guy is a fungible part of the lineup. You know, he's got pitch selection and swing decisions, I guess. But other than that, he's not really providing much pop. They don't, you know, Michael Conforto seems to be fluctuating up and down. There's a, the lineup is yeah. Terrible. Are the giants as bad as they look? You know, there's there's this idea in, um, you know, the Moneyball type of baseball. You know, I wrote about this with the series preview that outcomes are sort of evil. 
<laughs> at this point that uh, front offices are trying to get people to ignore. Pay no attention to wins and losses. Look at how smart I am that I've craft I've cobbled together this team of league minimum guys and misfit toys because outcomes are what actually do determine. Do you have a job tomorrow? Do you get paid more? Those kind of things. But trying to change, cloud the public perception of what a win and a loss means uh, so that it advantages you, the person who's put filled with the team. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these teams have financial limitations, the Rays especially, uh, whether self-imposed or revenue-based. And in the giant sense, we've talked about this. Top of the market free agent hitters don't want to come there. The farm system is developing guys, but effectively league average guys, not like superstars. You know, the Giants are still a long way from having a Freddie Freeman and a Mookie Betts at, you know, headlining the the offense. Uh, the pitching, though, can't can't be ignored. Pitching has been uh, outstanding. I kind of feel like we'll talk about that a little bit later when we do interesting and concerning, maybe. But uh, a couple of other things to point out. Congratulations to the Nacken family. Alyssa Nacken is pregnant. Uh, her husband announced it online. Just wanted to point that out. It's hey, not, at least someone's not, scoring. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's not often a, a coach for your favorite baseball team announces that they are pregnant with a, like the, the actual coach has the is gestating <laughs> <laughs> a child right now. It's uh, that's cool. Congratulations. Uh, good timing. I, I assume the child will be delivered during the offseason. I'm not clear how far along she is but i think the i think the date they announced was in february if i'm remembering right very cool pitchers and catchers and baby report there we go (laughs) perfect hey all you golden state warriors fans out there you got to tune into the oakland warriors podcast the official dubs podcast of fans first sports network it's awesome it's hosted by patrick epino and a rotating crew of guests who follow this franchise for decades just like doug and i have with the giants The show dives deep into all things Warriors, both on the court and off. Will the Dubs be legit contenders this year? Is Steve Kerr actually going to play Jonathan Kaminga enough to have a breakout year? Will the Chris Paul trade be a blessing or a curse? I'm very interested to know that myself. And most importantly, can Steph win another title or maybe two? The show takes an all-encompassing look at the greatest team in the NBA. No hot takes, no agendas, no bluster, and no goofy knee-jerk reactions. Just smart, insightful Warriors talk about the past, present, and future from one of the best in the business. Tune in and subscribe to the People's Podcast, the Oakland Warriors Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Oakland Warriors. Let's go! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Lamont Wade Jr. won the Heart and Hustle Award. This was announced earlier in the month, but uh, before the game on Wednesday with the Rays, he actually received the award. Uh, the MLB uh, PA Alumni Association, each team basically picks um, each alumni from each team picks a guy who embodies the best, the value, spirit, and traditions of the game of baseball. And for the Giants, it was Lamont Wade Jr. Congratulations. Uh, Love, love me, Lamont Wade Jr. Good, good for yeah. him. Yeah, he's a good guy. I think the last couple of years has been Brandon Crawford, who's been the Giants' representative. Also a good, you know, good, good option. So a lot of good options, good guys. Uh, I wish they could hit better. <laughs> and Lamont Wade Jr. is still hitting okay, but definitely after the first few months, it's tapered off quite a lot. Uh, so that's nice. Some heart and hustle. That's good. Like to see it. All right, now. This segment, we're going to talk about the dreadful lineup, which we have to talk about. And we, you know, a little, a little, um, illusion on Doug and I, our part, you know, we record these on, on certain days and we release it the day after. And then just for fun, we act like we're talking about yesterday when we're recording it today. I'm saying all that, Doug, because as I looked at it, the Giants had scored exactly 200 runs. Uh, from in the past 60 days as of huh, today, which for you listening is yesterday. Uh, and then I added in the one run they scored against the Rays today, which for you listening was yesterday. So that's 201 runs, which at the time I looked at it was the third fewest runs scored in baseball behind in order the A's and the Rockies. And then as we're recording this, I don't know if you're looking at a scoreboard right now, Doug. <laughs> the Rockies or the A's have scored seven runs so far in their game. And the Rockies scored um, enough runs to now they scored seven runs in their game, thus pushing the Giants from the third fewest to the second fewest runs in the Ooh, last six days. We did it. <laughs> I, I believe the gap was so severe. The A's have scored scoring seven runs. Uh, still, they had only 270 runs. So the Giants were in no danger. But the worst, the fewest runs scored in the National League in the last two months, San Francisco Giants. As Doug said, mission accomplished. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about it because that is the, the thing that has... If it doesn't wind up tanking the Giants' season, it will definitely be the thing that will be their undoing in in a short series. So every, any team can get hot, but it's just one of those things. Like if, if they get if they lose in a short series, just remember it's because of the offense. <laughs> uh, I don't care. They can't make big comebacks. You know they can't. They have to either hope that the pitching staff pitches a shutout or is able to hold on late and and the pitching is that they're facing is bending enough that maybe it'll break later on but it's been it's been a tough road to hoe there's not really it's basically I already mentioned them Wilmer Flores and Michael Conforto have been effectively the lone bright spots we haven't talked about didn't mention this yet but since we last had an episode Elliot Ramos returned Wade Meckler Added the 40-man roster after Luis Gonzalez was DFA'd. So the guy who was hitting 400, the Giants called up. 
And it's great that, again, that they can dip down and find these guys. And I'm sure Meckler over the next couple of weeks will assert himself. You know, he's already made some nice plays on defense and I like his uh, plate. He looks like he has a good idea of the strike zone and making contact is, is really great. I'm excited for what's going to happen with Ramos. Uh, he homered on, on Saturday. It was great. Uh, I, I don't know. He looks like a guy who maybe has figured some things out and that's exciting, but I've named Wilmer Flores, who's having uh, a fantastic season, the hottest streak of his career, and is one of the best hitters, one of the 10 best hitters in the National League right now, or in baseball right now. Michael Conforto, who's kind of like jumping up to that 10% above league average level now. And then I just mentioned two rookies who were just excited about maybe they'll they'll do some cool things. But after that, there's nobody. <laughs> so looking over the stats over the last week, which I do sometimes because that's fun. Obviously, Conforto has been great. Um, Tyro Estrada has actually been pretty good. He's hit, uh, and this does not count yesterday's game. I'm sticking with the convention that, that it's it's Thursday now. Um, it does not count Wednesday's game. But Tyro Estrada has hit 381 over the week before that. Patrick Bailey has been doing pretty well. We all remember the walk-off homer. Um, but generally, he's been a, a good hitter. Um, and then you mentioned Elliot Ramos, who's looked pretty good since coming up. And that's it. Like, Wade Meckler was fine. Basically, uh, Johan Camargo is sixth in uh, in offensive value for the Giants over four plate appearances because he was he had two fifty in those four plate appearances uh, <laughs> with with only a single, and that's the the sixth best out of the fifteen guys who have gotten into a game on the offensive side. Though Camargo did go um, he did go two for three yesterday, so that'll That'll bump up those numbers. We're all very excited about Johan Camargo. Um, uh, but after that, I mean, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, after that, Matos has been was terrible before he got sent down. Mark Mathias, terrible before he got sent down. Wilmer actually has not been very good over the last week, so that's exciting. Um, but Blake Sable, not very good. Austin Slater has been just an absolute disaster at the plate since, uh, since July started, um, mostly because of Babbitt, it seems like, but... Uh, that regression was was coming for him pretty pretty hard. He uh, is Babbitt through June thirtieth this year was five hundred, and since since July first it was one hundred eight. So he was never as good as it seemed like he was. Jock Peterson's been bad. Brandon Crawford, J D Davis, and Lamont Wade Jr. all did not have a hit over over that week long period. Though I believe Davis went one for four yesterday. Um, and Wade did at least draw a walk. Um, but it's it's pretty dire. My favorite Jack Peterson stat is that since August 1st, in 13 games, 43 plate appearances, his weighted runs created plus is five. <laughs> the, the number five. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's it's OK because he's really getting paid for his defense. So yes, yeah, that's true. That, you know, he brings a lot of value on that side of the ball. Anything he does with the bat is just and, a bonus. Unless anyone says, well, he wasn't as bad as Matthias. I'm glad that experiment is over. Mark <laughs> Matthias, since August 1st, his weighted runs created plus was six. The number <laughs> six. So, yeah, I, I the segment is in our rundown because we're experts. That's why people listen to us for sure. 
not because we're a couple of jerks talking about the Giants. Uh, and and if you want to look at where what should people be hopeful about, where is it going to come from? It's what we joked about in our last one we were together. It's the pitching. They have to throw shutouts. Yeah. Unless you think Mitch Hanniger is going to fix it by himself when he comes back. Well, uh, which, you know, like 30% chance of best. I definitely had the, the that profile was we pointed this out or I pointed this out when Hanniger went down. That's when the offense started falling apart. Yeah. And and there is just a brief time where he and Tyro, Tyro Estrada overlapped on the roster. So, uh, you know, it Estrada's struggles were pointed out before he hit the IL. Like and when he came back, he just was continuing that. It is nice to see again since August 1st. Yeah. 104 way to runs created plus uh, he's looked really good on defense as well. Uh, so there's definitely some positives there. But, you know, Wade's got to just get back to, you know, his walk rate is under 10% now. I don't know how that happened. Where, where'd that come from? You know, he's, there's just, it's gotta be, there's not going to be any guy that's going to kind of step up and become something much different than what he's going to be. Wilmer Flores, like you said, he hasn't been hitting very well. He's maybe kind of cooling off finally, but you know, he's still in that 5% walk rate, 6% walk rate and low strikeout rate. If they can cut down on the strikeouts offensively, you know, have good, good pitching, you know, plans when they get up to the plate and then the pitching just keeps holding other teams down <laughs> uh, run wise. That's it. That's the formula for success. Um, there's no other way they're going to pull it off. The, the offense yeah. is not there's no hot streak coming from the group. It's going to be two or three guys at a time. And if they can if they can string together a week where they score three or four runs and then the pitching staff allows two, one or zero, I think that's how they get back on a hot streak. Yeah, absolutely. And just to talk about the strikeouts a little bit, I think that's got to be the main concern right now. Like for a while in sabermetric circles, you know, the thing people say was, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal if the hitter strikes out that much. Um, and I think what we're seeing with the Giants is it, it is, you know, if you don't have massive power and nobody on the Giants has that kind of power. Um, you can't really sustain a high strikeout rate like J.D. Davis has or Blake Sable has uh, or Elliot Ramos right now has even he's looked good when he makes contact, but he's not making enough contact. Um, or Austin Slater has. It, it's just really tough to do that. And the Giants don't have the kind of dynamism offensively that they can overcome it. There's there's just too much swing and miss in their games. And pitchers are, are able to take advantage of it. I mean, I think that's probably the main the the one main thing that you're seeing with them. They just can't overcome it. Like it's it's great that that, you know, Brandon Crawford is so clutch when it's two, you know, two outs runners in scoring position, but basically every other situation, it's it's he's not doing well enough. Um, and so you look at that, those strikeout rates and they're maybe selling out too much. Um, that's kind of what it looks like to me, just because I don't, I don't see anything else that really jumps out. I think they're, you know, the, the team preaches good swing decisions enough that they're probably making them. But, um, if you, you know, just looking at Sable again in August, He's walked 8% of the time, which is fine. He struck out 42% of the time. That's not going to do it. Like, just in the long term, that is not going to work. And we're we're in the long term right now. Um, and we're seeing it. 
So when you are arguing with your friends or family about the Giants offense, blame the pitching. Yeah, exactly. Doug, what's something you found interesting about the Giants since last we podcasted about them? Uh, is Jacob Judas good now? I, oh my God! You just like hit me like my funny bone. Oh my God! <laughs> I, you know, he he's been good over the last like, week. I don't know. I don't get it. We we're not trusting him so hard that I think our negging worked. It wasn't supposed to work on him. It wasn't the point. It was supposed to work on any hitter, but instead, Junis has been has been really good over the last week. His uh his performance against the Rays on Tuesday was fantastic. Um, and he's, he's been striking guys out, not avoiding walks, uh, doing it all with, you know, a totally reasonable BABIP and just looking like a, a really solid, strong pitcher, uh, which we have not seen coming. I will put it like that. So on Tuesday, I tweeted out a really distressing thing I just did was look at Jacob Junis's number since May 15th. Coming into Tuesday night's game, 43 innings pitched, a 398 ERA, a 325 FIP in 22 games. And then I went dot, dot, dot. Are we all guilty of burying him after his first nine bad games? 21 innings pitched, 514 ERA, 594 FIP. And that tweet was liked... By it looks like his brother, <laughs> Noah Junis, assistant director of pitching for Premier Pitching. Uh, yes, I agree with you. I think I think we negged or we were too hard on him from the beginning. So, but they gave him the Ryan Walker treatment. They're like, "Hey, you're doing great. Just keep pitching." Yeah, I or mean, he, you know, he was able to. He was a starter, like a spot starter last year. He would go five innings. Or like he was a bolt guy who would go five innings at a time. So four innings, I think, is more in his comfort zone than it seemed like it was for Ryan Walker. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's a, gir- that's a great one. What I found interesting was how savvy Giants fans are. Because Major League Baseball attendance is up 9.2%, which is fantastic. I, I love baseball. I, despite all of its issues and the many terrible people who are in the cartel that runs it, I love Major League Baseball, love the history, but Oracle Park attendance down. Yeah. Uh, averaging 30,863 fans, which means they're on pace for 2,472,377. I think they're at 2.48 last year. Uh, so it's down a little bit, but it's still trending downwards. And you know what? Bravo, Giants fans. I, I'm interested in you surveying the landscape, saying we didn't get Judge. You know, we this Korea thing was an absolute debacle. Um, we're not, we're not buying it. We're not buying what you're selling. Take your platoons and shove it. <laughs> we're not going to do it. Uh, so yeah, I, I found that interesting. Anything else? No. One other thing I did find interesting. The third best pitching staff in Major League Baseball since May 1st belongs to the San Francisco Giants. 11.4 wins above replacement for fan graphs. They're behind the Phillies and the Mariners. That's the pitching staff. I think when we had talked about their pitching before, we'd just focus on the bullpen because that was where they were definitely number one. 
But just pointing out like their pitching staff as a whole, and I understand they're playing a bit of a shell game with what gets classified as a starter and a reliever and all that stuff, and that's fine. But pitching-wise, according to wins above replacement, the second best in the National League. And if you just look at the bullpen, according to fan graphs, which, again, it's all tricky based on how the Giants classify and use guys, they're num- they're still number one in the National League behind the Orioles overall for Major League Baseball. So, you know, it's not one of those things. You Maybe one of the things that are also changing is the idea that you can rely on a bullpen for an entire year because relievers get tired and all that stuff. But I guess if you're just creating, if you're kicking up such a dust storm to cloud roles and to make it like it's all just like inputs, it doesn't matter. Like it's really hard to use old notions of of projecting pitching then in that regard. I mean, Tyler Rogers and Taylor Rogers had what, the same numbers? through last week or something like that. It's like crazy shit going on in the Giants bullpen is what I'm saying. And as a whole, the pitching staff, Sean Manaya for like the last two or two months has been dominant coming out in his bulk role. We saw, you know, Ross Stripling have a bad bulk appearance yesterday. Um, you know, but that's because that was against a, a team that's much, 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 much better than the Giants. That's to be expected, but it's working. You know, and much to everyone's chagrin, obviously, but it's working. Uh, and I'm just interested that we're here. We are midway through August. There's a month and a half of the season left, and that's it. That's the whole hope of the season now is thir- the 12 or 13 guys who are pitching for the Giants on a given night. Uh, and then, actually, Wilmer Flores, as you pointed out, was having a slow, you know, slow week or so. You know, just before we logged on, I just happened to go, "What's going on since July 1st?" With uh, with old Wilmer Flores, how does he scale to the rest of the league? And I understand he's probably cooling off now, but uh, but maybe not. Uh, Atlanta's a, a great place to hit, and maybe maybe his bat will stay hot or get hot again. But I just want to point out that since July first, by weighted runs created plus, the sixth best hitter in Major League Baseball is Wilmer Flores <laughs> with a one eighty five. And all the way down there at 14th is is Shohei Otani. So maybe maybe Shohei Otani will come to the Giants just for the chance to play with Wilmer Flores. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, if, you, mm-hmm. if you remember when uh, the Giants were in on all the big free agents that they lost out on, they always had Buster Posey go talk to them. Well, maybe they just should have had Wilmer Flores go talk to him. Maybe that would have got it done. Maybe Wilmer Flores talked to Carlos Correa over the offseason. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I like Wilmer Flores. I'm I'm glad he's a part of the team. It makes me very happy. He's a good guy. Brian, what's something you found concerning about the Giants recently? And try to find something. I know it's hard. <laughs> well, I went to Oracle Park. I, I've been trying to go every year. And so this was the time this past weekend against the Rangers that I went. It was great. My sister like set me up. It was great. I, I actually went to a part of the stadium I've never been to. Was this the 24th season of Oracle Park? And I've actually never been to the field club level. So like just to walk around there, the all, all that, that was really cool. I love the stadium. Uh, nice weather, nice cool night. The game was terrible, obviously, even though Ramos had the home run, that was cool. But what I found concerning was I spent a lot of time before the season started writing an article about how Oracle Park had gone all in on improving their food. And I was... To say I was disappointed would be the compliment. I was mortified by the food at Oracle Park. I couldn't believe how crappy it was. And I, I don't feel like it's 
fair to call out the individual stalls. And I'm just going to say as a blanket assessment, what the hell's going on? I no, will say call out the stall. What do you have? I, I Tell will the readers say, what to avoid. The we had Listeners. bad we had bad garlic fries. Mm-hmm. We yeah. had uh, a bad. Um, I don't know if it was a Polish dog. It was it was um, one of the brats or something like that. And then the chur waffle, terrible. I couldn't believe it. The chur waffle was bad. The the pulled pork sliders. It was actually the tri tip sliders, also bad. Just anything that we had that was food related that didn't come in a package was terrible. Just awful. Almost inedible. Either cold or like weirdly warm. It didn't work. On the other hand, the bartenders, mwah, chef's kiss. Love you all. Fantastic. Uh, generous pours. Very nice. Very kind. Uh, that was great. So I was very concerned by the poor food showing because they've effectively dolled up bad food. Said we have all these different varieties of bad food. That's not good. Don't like that. Brian, that sounds like a metaphor. <laughs> Did we have the Austin Slater of of waffles <laughs> of desserts? We might have. I don't know. <laughs> Doug, what's something you found concerning? I I knew JD Davis had been bad. I was aware of that since August tenth. He has one hit in 17 plate appearances, Mm. one hit and one walk. Mm. Um, He's been striking out almost half the time. Uh, That's pretty miserable. Like the Giants, then the Giants gave him a day off, put him in and then had to give him another day off because he needed a full day off. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot going on there. That is a problem. Um, and remember, you know, the first few months of the season, he was a solid, like, good player. We were complaining about him not making the all-star team. Uh, no, yeah. Scratch that. Scratch that. We never did that. That nope. was someone else. Someone else mm-hmm. did that. Not us, because that <laughs> was apparently crazy. Um, so whatever's going on there has just been an absolute train wreck. And it's it's been hard to watch. You know, he's been one of those guys that the Giants need. You know, he's supposed to be in there hitting the ball super hard. And he is not doing it. One of the things that we, yeah, you'll see online, especially when a team is struggling, and it's completely natural and reasonable. It can be obnoxious, but fans calling for a change in leadership when things aren't going quite well. New pitching coach as because the Giants are hitting coaches because the Giants have so many coaches, and I get it. That makes perfect sense. But I think at this point, you just really have to look at. A combination of other teams have a lot of talent and just as good scouting as the Giants. The Giants have great scouting. They have good coaches and a combination of players struggle. They play in a tough park against tough teams. I think the balanced schedule or where everyone plays everybody really has produced a lot of weird results this year. You know what I mean? And it's like if you're running into the... If you go Diamondbacks A's, but you struggle against the A's, and then you just roll into a bunch of teams you've either never seen before or are really good, period, that's tough. That's tough for a hitter, right? You're not getting any familiarity. You're like constantly on your heels. I can see that. Uh, J.D. Davis could just be going through a prolonged slump. I mean, there's probably a reason why he's never been like really an everyday everyday player. I mean, I'm, he complained about the Mets and how they used him and all that stuff. And that makes sense. But at some to some degree, scouting is not always 100% off. That's just like, okay, he's he's slumping. 
player slump. He looks really bad. But it's also like wouldn't it would be mitigated by the Giants having any other good hitters going right now. And they just they just aren't. It's making it harder. I guess what I'm getting at is you're right, but obviously, but it's sort of like it's not one guy. It's like the the team the the fans want better players is what they're really pining for. You know, you either want JD Davis to perform better, which is possible, maybe, or they just want better players. And that's what I want. I just want better players. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, you know, when I'm when I'm saying JD Davis, JD Davis is obviously not the only one struggling. But um, here's your vocabulary word for the day. He's the synecdoche of the Giants of what the Giants are going through right now. Just one guy who can represent the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. He has, and through through yesterday, through August 16th, he has seven hits this month in uh, 46 at bats. That's seven more than either of us have. <laughs> That's true. You know, on the scale of who is better at baseball, even with his poor showing, I bet J.D. Davis is is better than either of us at baseball. Yeah, but 100%. just seven hits better. Just seven just hits seven, better this month. Just seven hits better. By comparison, Austin Slater is zero hits better than us this month. So, you know, could be worse. Austin Slater might get non-tendered. That's a wild thought to have, but he's certainly playing himself off the roster Unless the Giants can't find someone better than him. That's the part. That's the problem they find themselves in. This is the greatest problem facing our beloved baseball team is that they may not be able to get better players than the ones they can draft, develop or find on a scrap heap and try to say, hey, maybe we can knock that ding out or maybe we can just paint over that or put up a Krusty the Clown poster for some load bearing issues. You know, that might be it because... You know, until they luck into a Barry Bonds or, you know, the Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford situation, there's not going to be a guy being like, I want to play at Oracle Park. I want to hit 81 games a year at Oracle Park. It's not going to happen. I think that's what we're finding. That's what we're definitely seeing more than anything else is that all the whispers of it being an incredibly hard park to hit in. That's that's all we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard. It doesn't get any easier because they're going to roll into Atlanta to get their faces ripped off by (laughs) the Braves. And, um, you know, it's baseball, though. So the Giants could win two out of three for all we know. I mean, they won't. They won't. But they They won't. But they could. Yeah. Yeah. It's not impossible. And there's like a three percent chance that they win two out of three. Zero percent chance they win three out of three, by the way. Yes. Some things are just too outlandish. But I just uh, want to make it clear to anyone who, th- if we witness that, a sweep or they win the series, it doesn't mean the Giants are as good as that, but they also aren't as bad as they've looked in this 10 and 16 run. And in conclusion, they're an 84 and 78 team. Let's just stay the course, Doug. <laughs> in conclusion, the San Francisco Giants are a land of contrasts. That's right. But the Braves have scored the most runs in the National League. And we saw what happened when the Giants played the team that scored the most runs at the time, the most runs in baseball period, the Rangers. The Rangers almost ripped their face off. So <laughs> uh, the the Braves also top six pitching staff by wins above replacement. They're really good pitching staff. You would think in that park, which is kind of a bandbox, that they'd give up a lot of home runs. This is wild. 1.07 home runs per nine. That's crazy to me that they're like that. They're they're basically on par with they allow home runs at about the same rate as the Giants do, which maybe that's a little bit misguided because 
it was way higher for the Giants in April, and it's been it's been much harder to hit Homer off of them since April. But the other part, Doug, a weird thing about their line, a 300 batting average on balls in play, which means all their numbers are fair. That's right. that's that's not fair. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, but but basically, this is going to be a really tough series. In, in you know, but that's just continuing the tough month that they're on, and then they're going to go play the Phillies. And I will point this out. Here's my little measure of optimism. You you mentioned him briefly, and I wrote about this. You know, the National League, you can only vote for players in your league for Gold Glove, and you can't vote for guys on the same team. Sean Murphy would seem to be the clubhouse favorite for National League Gold Glove because of his offense and his defense. His defense is stellar. It's not as good as Patrick Bailey's, though. And there was an article in Fangraphs, and I used some of that in my article, but like Patrick Bailey still has a long way to go to hit to a level where he might enter the conversation. But he's going to get six games against NL East opponents. Will the Phillies just vote for Sean Murphy? Why would they vote for a guy in their own division? What if they're presented and the Braves can't vote for a guy? They can't vote for their own guy. So now both of these teams are being presented with another possibility. I really hope Patrick Bailey uh, takes this opportunity and, and builds his case because I understand he'll have played fewer games than Sean Murphy when it's all said and done, but he is so good on defense. It's so good that it, it's worth saying, who cares? <laughs> That's how good he is. He's better than the guy who's been playing all season long. Uh, so I want I, I hope it happens. I hope he has a, a great road trip, even if the Giants go 0-6, which they probably will. So. <laughs> I think the Giants will go 1-5. I have faith. They're also going to face the best pitching staff in baseball in the Phillies. The Phillies bar like top to bottom have the best pitching staff. So it's going to be a tough for a team that was scuffling on offense. It was going to be a tough road to hoe anyway, but that's why it's baseball. Doug, they might, they might go three and three. They might actually score a bunch of runs against two of the better pitching staffs in baseball. And we'll be like, what? You know what, Brian, I'm just going to say it right now. And you know what this means. It's time to hit. (laughs) That's right. Doug from his COVID deathbed. Is telling the Giants that when it's time to hit, you've got to hit. Hey, if it works, right? <laughs> Will you, in your medically um, reduced capacity, be writing about the Giants at all? I, I will, Brian, because I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't know which is making me sicker right now, the disease or the team. But uh, you can see my writing or read it, you know, either way. Uh, as long as you click, just just click. Uh, make the numbers go up and it makes me feel better twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday at giantsdug.substack.com. Brian, where can people find your work? I'm at McCoveyChronicles.com. Don't forget we're at Giants Croncast on Twitter for now. Uh, we're part of Fans First Sports Network, fansfirstsports.com. You can check out uh, all the other teams that we have podcasts for. Scheduling note, we're going to shift to just the Thursday release schedule for the rest of the season. For reasons not important, but just want to let you know we're going to do Thursdays from now on uh, and through September. We'll see where the Giants are after September. That's going to be a wild, wild trip, but it's not that far away. So we'll know soon enough. Uh, But until next Thursday, go Giants.